Bible said, yet he abideth faithful. I'm telling you, I'm glad it ain't all hinging on me. They ain't any of it hinging on me. We'd all be in trouble. I sure'd be in trouble. But it's all hinging on him this morning or this evening. I praise God for that. I thank God for touching Brother Danny. Amen. And uh, just thinking about that this week. And uh, just praise God for how he's touched people and brought them through. And he is still touching people and bringing people through. Amen. And I sat down this afternoon in my in my uh, chair there in the living room and and uh, thought I had exactly what I was going to preach on, you know. And, and, uh, and I was sitting there reading this passage of Scripture and God just spoke to me. And I want to preach on it tonight. I think it'll be a help. I believe, hope it'll be a help tonight. I believe it'll be a help. And uh, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't even know. I tell you, we don't even know what we need, especially what other people need. But I'm glad we got a God. We have an unseen hand. Amen. That can just, just direct you in every little thing in life and tell you exactly what to do. I tell you, I praise the Lord tonight for His goodness. If you're able to stand with us, Mark chapter number 6. I want to thank God for Bible Baptist Church. And I love this church, and I love every one of you and appreciate you. I know my wife loves you and appreciates you. We pray for you. I don't say that to lift up my flesh. I don't pray enough. I'll be the first to say that. But I do pray for you, and I know that you pray for me. And don't you thank God for people that will just pray for each other. Amen. Years ago, I heard an older preacher, and I've said it many times, and I say it on purpose, but I heard him say this, wrote it down in my Bible, didn't know it would stick that much with me. But he got up to preach, and he's a great man of prayer. And he said, you know, he said, you're no greater than the people who pray for you. And uh, that's so true. I tell you, the older I get, the more I appreciate the prayers of God's people. Amen. The more I realize I need the prayers of God's people. Tonight, Mark chapter number 6 and verse number 30. The Bible says, And the apostle gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart in a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. And they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot with, thither out of, all the, out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together unto him. Look at verse 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Father, I pray tonight that you'll bless the reading of thy word. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for the testimonies. Lord, thank you for people willing to give a testimony, willing to magnify your goodness in their life. Lord, thank you for the good singing we've heard tonight, the offering that's been received. I pray that you'll bless your people. Lord, I want to thank you for bringing Brother Larry and his friend by tonight. And I pray a special blessing on them tonight as well. God, have your way. We'll love you and we'll praise you and we'll thank you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Notice with me in verse number 30. I want you to see the disciples in this verse. The Bible says, And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. 
And I see the disciples here, how that they have a, a responsibility. They have an obligation to the Lord. To uh, Jesus had sent them out and they were preaching and they were teaching and he gave them power even to perform miracles. But yet they were, not, uh, they were still responsible to come back and to report to him what they had done and what they had said. You know, you and I have an obligation as his disciple uh, to, to him and to his service and to his work and to his kingdom. And I see the disciples and then notice the decision in verse number 31 Jesus says to them come ye yourselves apart in a desert place it is a secluded place no doubt and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat and so we understand that there are times in our life as Christians when we have to come apart you've heard the saying many times that you should come apart or less you will come apart and it's so important that we take a rest that we take time to, to pull away personal devotion sometimes you need more than just a little part of the day. Sometimes you need a day here or a day there. Uh, sometimes you have to take a period of time uh, where God puts you in a holding place or a resting place so that you might come apart. And I see the disciples. I see the decision. Then notice in verse 32, the departures. The Bible says that they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And so they go to this desert place. It's a secluded, secluded place, no doubt. And they're on this private mission here. And we see their departure. But notice the desperation in verse 33. The people saw them departing and many knew him and ran a foot thither out of all cities and outwent them and came together unto him. So these people see Christ leaving with the disciples and, and see where they're going and they know the route and they know how to get there quicker than what they are. And so they outrun them. The Bible says and they come to where they are. And so what, what was it that motivated this crowd? What was it that, that moved this crowd? I'll tell you what it was. Number one, it was the presence of Christ. Amen. They had saw what he had done. They had heard his message. They had saw his miracles uh, and they wanted to go to him. And secondly, not only was it the presence of Christ that caused this desperation, but the great need that they had in their life. They knew that religion could not help them. The Pharisees could not minister to them. Even some of the powerless disciples could not help them. But they knew if they could get to where Jesus was. If they could only get in the presence of Christ, uh, uh, Jesus never turned anybody away. He never sent anybody away wanting. Didn't matter how big or how little the need was, uh, uh, Christ met every need. Uh, and this drove them to that desperation. You know, I would say this tonight, that if you and I just get desperate with God about some things in our life or some people in our life uh, or some situations in our life, uh, God will do the same thing for us that he did for this crowd. Amen? I'm telling you the power of God has not changed and the word of God has not changed and what he did then God can still do today amen and I see the desperation but I want you to notice the difference when you get to verse 34 because the Bible says in Jesus when he came out he saw much people and notice this phrase here he was moved with compassion toward them Jesus was different as he saw this crowd versus the disciples I will give the disciples this tonight because I think it's a worthy note. 
They're no doubt tired. They're wore out. Ministry has no doubt wrung them out. You know, sometimes you'll hear somebody make fun of ministry and those that are full-time in ministry as if you're just on a vacation. But I'll be honest with you. It'd be a whole lot easier to punch in at 9 o'clock or 7 o'clock or whatever time you go to work and know what time you're going to get off because ministry never stops. It's constantly day in and day out. I'm not minimizing people that work in the workforce, but what I'm saying is is that these disciples were constantly working day in and day out. There is no vacation time. There is no rest time from the work of God. And a man of God and people of God that are full-time missionaries, evangelists, if they do their job, their job is never done. And they could work night and day. But the work will always be more demanding today than it was yesterday. And the disciples knew that. And the disciples were working. And they were wore out. And can I just put it like this? The multitude just will not go away. Finally, if you read on, we didn't read the text past the point because I'm not preaching the miracle of the 5,000. But connected to this text here, at the end of this day, the disciples are ready for this crowd to go home. Lord, send them away. They were tired, they were wore out, and they couldn't meet the need. Just send them home. But the difference was the compassion of Christ. I want to preach a few minutes tonight on that subject, on the compassion of Christ. In verse 34, Jesus is full of compassion. Our Lord was always full of compassion, wasn't He? He preached it. I thought about Luke chapter 10 and verse 33, the parable of the good Samaritan. He said in verse number 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him... He had compassion on him. Verse 34 says, And when he came out and saw much people, he was moved with compassion. If you want to know who the good Samaritan is, it's more than me and you. Amen. The good Samaritan is Jesus Christ. Amen. He saw and Jesus preached about compassion in Luke chapter 15 and verse 20 when he gave the parable concerning the prodigal son. And when he came home, he said in verse number 20, and he arose talking about the father. And he came to his father. He arose talking about the son and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. You say, what are you saying, Brother Gravely? I'm saying Jesus was full of compassion, so full of compassion that when he preached, uh, he preached about compassion. He brought it out in his stories, in his illustrations. Uh, He preached it, but he not only preached it, but thank God he practiced it. Amen? In Matthew chapter 20 and verse number 30, some blind men comes to Jesus and the Bible says in verse number 34, so Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. In Luke chapter Chapter 7 and verse 11. Uh, there's a young boy who has died and the widow of Nain is there and there's a funeral procession that's taking place and in verse number 14 the Bible says and when the Lord saw her he had compassion on her and said unto her weep not and he came and touched the bier and they that bare him stood still and he said young man I say unto thee arise and he that was dead set up and began to speak and he delivered him to his mother. You say what are you saying preacher? I'm saying Jesus 
preached compassion, but he practiced it. Amen? When he saw a need, when he saw someone hurting, when he saw brokenness, Jesus was drawn to it and he responded to it. He preached it. He practiced it. But then, thank God, he promoted it. Amen? In Mark chapter 5, you remember that maniac of Gadara when he got saved? He wanted to follow Jesus. He wanted to get in that boat and wanted to go where Jesus was going. Now, I'm going to tell you, when you get born again, that's exactly what happens. You want to go everywhere Jesus is going to go. But Jesus said in Mark 5 and verse 19, Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. I'm glad Jesus preached compassion. I'm glad he practiced compassion. But thank God he promoted it. He told that old boy, You go back home. You let them take one look at you and tell it, and they'll be able to know you're not the same person you used to be. And tell them how great things the Lord's done for you and how he's had compassion on you. I'm telling you, I'm not much tonight. But thank God I can testify and that he's had compassion on me. I'm glad, hallelujah, it came to where I was one day. He saw me a sinner. He looked beyond my fault and he saw my need. And when I couldn't pick myself up and when I couldn't help myself, I'm glad in tender love and compassion of the mercy of God came and lifted me out of where I was at. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the compassion of Christ. And in verse number 34, I want you to see tonight that the compassion of Christ in verse number 34 is revealed in five areas. Let me give them to you and we'll be done tonight. I would say number one, the compassion of Christ is revealed in his sight. Amen. Look what the Bible says. And Jesus, when he came out, the Bible says he saw much people. What Jesus saw is what moved him with compassion. Oh, tonight, what you and I need to do is we need to look. We need to see. Not with our eyes, but we need to see with the Lord's eyes. Jesus said, look on the fields. For they're white, ready to harvest. Amen. But the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that will send forth laborers into his harvest. I'm telling you tonight, what we see, our eye, the Bible says, affecteth our heart. And what we look at when we see sinners, it ought to break us. It ought to move us with compassion. I'm telling you, in this day and time, you have to be careful what you look at. Amen. You have to be careful what you listen to. I tell you, if you'll look in the pages of God's word, if you'll look out on the fields and see their white, ready to harvest. Jesus saw. What did he see? He saw much people. That means he saw the size. He saw their size. It wasn't just a few, but Christ saw much people. He saw their steps. These people had made the effort. I mean, they had followed him. He had went to a desert place, but in spite of the place, they still came to where he was. He saw their, their need. He saw the size. He saw their steps. I believe he saw their souls. Amen. He saw the souls of men and he knew that they had a greater need than just a physical need. They had a spiritual need. Lord, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things in thy law. Lord, open my eyes that I may see sinners as they really are. I'm telling you, I don't want to lose that burden tonight. I don't want to get used to people going to hell. I don't want to get used to somebody on drugs and alcohol. I'm telling you, God's still in the saving business tonight. God still knows how to save old sinners. He's still 
still rescuing the perishing. He's still caring for the dying. He's still going after them tonight. I'll tell you if we'll sow the seed of the gospel. Psalms 126 and verse 5 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And he that goeth forth weeping, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I'm telling you, we need to bring the sheaves in. But we got to sow the gospel. It still works in 2022. Amen. You can't preach the gospel to the wrong person. You can't invite the wrong person to church. You can't pass a track out to the wrong person. I'm telling you tonight, we, we have tracks on the, on, the, on the wall out there, but they're not wall decorations. They need to be emptied out uh, week in and week out. We need to fill those track racks up. Uh, we have an organized visitation program. Uh, yesterday, we had 29 people come out, over 300 doors knocked on, nearly 6,000 doors for the year, and I thank God for that. And listen, that gives us a, a target to point toward, uh, but you know as well as I do, if we're going to reach the world, if we're just going to reach our community with the gospel. It's going to take more than a Saturday visitation. It's going to take being a light, being a witness wherever we go. I'll confess to you tonight, it's easy to lose your burden. It's easy just to get in the grind and get so busy. It happens to all of us. But I'll tell you, if we'll just pray every day, dear God, open my eyes. And when you see a sinner, Lord, move my heart by what I see. The long-haired hippie needs to be saved, doesn't he? The drug dealer needs to be saved. The harlot woman, the hussy needs to be saved. I'm telling you tonight, the dope smoker needs to be saved. They all need the gospel tonight. That person that's all inked up and got metal all in their face, in their mouth, uh, in their ears. Uh, oh, they're a terrible sight because that's what sin and Satan will do. He'll, he'll make a fool out of you. He'll scar you permanently. I tell you, underneath all that uh, flesh, there's a soul that Jesus died for. There's a soul of man that's never gonna die. And you and I have this earth, uh, this treasure, an earthen vessel. It's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and we're to share it with them. They may not always appreciate it. They may not even want to hear it. But thank God we ought to give them the gospel anyway because you never know what it's going to do in their life. You never know how it's going to get a hold of them, do you? I need more compassion in my life. You know, you say, how do you get it? Just look around. Look at people today. Some people are just, can I just put it this way, they can be really nasty at times. Sometimes when you see people like that, you know what helps? To consider this thought. You don't know what they've been through. I'm not excusing their actions, but you don't know where they've been or what they've faced. Just look beyond them and see the soul that needs Jesus. I want to say the compassion of Christ is revealed in his sight. It's revealed in his spirit. The Bible says that when he came out, he saw much people noticing and was moved with compassion toward them. What Jesus saw moved his spirit. His compassion is seen through his eyes, but his compassion is seen in his heart, in his inwardness. It moved the spirit. Man is a body, soul, and a spirit. That body is the outward shell. And that, that soul, my friend, is the seat of our emotions. It's our, it's our will and it's our thoughts and, and it's those emotions that we have. But that spirit, that's the part that God, where God dwells. And listen, an animal may have a body and he may have a soul, but he doesn't have a spirit. Amen? I hate to break the news, so 
all the animal lovers out there, but Fifi's not going to heaven. Amen? I, I mean, listen, uh, uh, you, you, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that just irritates the living life out of people, but it's still the truth. Uh, uh, listen, you can, you can love them while they're down here, but you're not spending eternity with them over yonder. Amen? I, I'm just telling you how it is. Uh, uh, but listen, for the few of you all that are still listening, let me just move on now. Uh, but I'm just simply saying this. Uh, an animal has a body and a soul. It, it, it can hate. It can love. It can get angry. It, it's soulish. Amen? But it doesn't have a spirit. And you know what a spirit is? Uh, the spirit is that part of you and I that allows us to know God, to enjoy God, and to worship God. That's what the spirit of man is. And a man that is lost, his spirit is dead. That's why he doesn't enjoy God. That's why he doesn't worship God. Because he doesn't know God. Amen? I'm telling you at the door of every man's heart, between his soul and his spirit, uh, thank God there's a still small voice that stands there and he knocks. Uh, and if you'll open that door, you know what'll happen? Uh, he'll walk in that door and that spirit of man that is dead, uh, uh, God will regenerate that spirit. He'll make him alive, thank God, and he'll live on the inside. Uh, I'll tell you, I know I'm saved uh, because I know God. You say, how do you know God? Because, or know that you know God because I enjoy God uh, and I worship God uh, and he lives. You ask me how I know he lives. Uh, he lives in my soul, in my heart, uh, in my spirit, thank God. And Jesus is moved uh, in his spirit, hallelujah, when he saw them. Compassion. I don't think you can know compassion if you don't know Christ. And I'm not telling you I have enough of it. God knows that. But all this evening, Christ was moved. You ever just seen someone and it just broke your heart? It just moved your spirit. On the inside, you just cried out and said, Lord, would you help them to, would you help that soul to be saved? That poor man, that poor lady, that poor individual, that, that poor person standing on the, on the street corner uh, that's, that's holding up a sign. I, I know most of them, they're probably making more money in a day than what you're making holding that sign. Uh, uh, but you know, when you look at them, I'll tell you the reason they're on that street corner because uh, they're looking for some drug money. They're looking for some alcohol. They may really be looking for some food because sin has stripped them of everything else and they've got to have that fixed more than they can have that meal. I'm telling you, but regardless of the point, when you see I'm standing there. I tell you what moves me sometimes is I think had it not been for the grace of God you know that could be me or that could be you. I could be standing there somewhere on a corner. Oh but I'm telling you God's been good to us. You look at where we're sitting at tonight. We're a bunch of nobodies that was headed nowheres but God picked us up out of nothing and he put us in everything and I'm glad I'm not on a street corner tonight. I'm glad I'm not laying in a ditch somewhere in my vomit. I'm glad, thank God I'm not sitting on a bar stool but you're in the house of God amongst the people of God and it ought to move our spirit when we consider that could be us tonight Amen. I will tell you the compassion was deep here. The Bible said that he was moved and it was directed. His compassion was moved toward them. Amen. The compassion of Christ is revealed in his sight. It's revealed in his spirit. And then it's revealed in his sensitivity. Notice verse 34. Because they were sheep not having a shepherd. Jesus saw them unlike any man saw them. He saw them as sheep needing to be led, needing to be fed. That's what sheep 
You know, you've heard it said before, and we're, we're, the Bible identifies us as sheep. Somebody, I think, said that here not too long ago preaching, that sheep are, are known to be dumb animals. They have to be nurtured. They have to be led. They have to be fed, or they'll wander astray. Isn't that a good picture of all of us tonight? I like that old song where the songwriter said, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I've loved. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Oh, tonight, I'm glad we have an unseen hand. I'm glad we have a shepherd, and not just a shepherd, but thank God we have a gentle shepherd. He saw them as sheep, but he saw them as scattered. Sheep having no shepherd. I'm going to tell you tonight, if you belong to the devil, he'll never take care of you. When I was a kid growing up, and I'm sure you can identify with this. I remember in the neighborhood, there was always those kids whose parents never knew where they was at or what they were doing. They never cared. They could stay out as late as they wanted to. They could do what they wanted to. They never had no responsibility. They just, all day long, they just lived any old way. And as a child growing up, I thought, man, that would be great because, you know, our parents, they, 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 got, they got a list of things on the refrigerator when you get home, and it's not food. It wasn't food, young people. <laughs> it was chores. And when you got home, you had to do all these things. Then you had to do your homework. And if you got all that done before they got home, and it seemed like they just had it timed perfectly, you know, where you was busy till they got home. If, if you got all that done before they got home, then you could go outside and play. And uh, you could just, you know, you just had responsibilities. And then when it got a certain time, they called you in. And it didn't matter if you was in the middle of a ball game. It didn't matter if you, you know, this is a, I mean, it, you know, if it was the, the, you know, you're playing in the World Series and it's the bottom of the ninth and you're up to bat. And, and I mean, you know, listen, uh, you got a ghost man on first and a, you don't even know what a ghost man is, do you? And a ghost man on second, amen, is somebody that don't come to church. They watch it online, amen. Uh, but you know, uh, you got a ghost man on first and second and you're up to, up to bat. And, and all of a sudden you hear one of them holler, it's time to come in the house. House. They just ended, they just ruined the World Series. They didn't even care. Them other kids could stay out there. As you grow up, you realize your parents cared a whole lot more about you than what you realized. Amen. They had rules. Sometimes they weren't safe rules, but they had rules. I just think, how many of y'all remember a mosquito truck? Y'all remember that? Amen. I remember those coming through when I was a kid. Our rule was you could ride behind it, but don't get in front of it. It'll run over you. Now, all you people that's all worried about dying early, that just probably scared you. About. I don't tell how much of that stuff we breathed in, but guess what? We're still here. Probably cured a lot of things if you don't know the truth about it. I never did get sick growing up as a kid. It's probably riding behind the mosquito truck. You know? Different generation, happier generation too, amen. But they had rules. You had to live by those rules. And I'm going to tell you something, God has rules tonight. Well, people don't like that now. They say, well, you know, you go to one of them churches where they have all them rules. Now, I don't have any rules. Because if I had rules, I'd break everyone, but God has rules. And can I tell you something, the parents that have rules have them because they love their children. 
Them parents that just let them run any old way, run wild. You know what? Those kids usually get in all kinds of trouble, wind up, listen, uh, pregnant out of wedlock, usually wind up, you know, messing their, their life up, wind up in prison somewhere, you know. Uh, there's all kinds. Some of them wind up dead somewhere. You know why? Because no rules, amen. Just do any old thing you want to. Just live your way. Hey, that's the way the devil treats you tonight. Just go anywhere. Just live anywhere. Oh, but can I tell you tonight, God leads his dear children along. He don't leave us out there by ourselves. He don't leave us to wander. He don't let us do any old thing. No, God puts a hedge of protection around us. God watches over us. He takes care of us. You know why? Because he loves us and he cares for us. And I'm thankful for his compassion tonight. You know, if you've messed up in life, if you're willing to ask God to forgive you, he'll show you mercy. You don't got to live under the guilt all your life. If you'll confess it and forsake it, God will forgive it. The sensitivity, the fact that Jesus wanted to bring them all in. There's not a person here tonight nor ever will come to this church that what God would not help them if they'll come to him. The sensitivity of Christ, his compassion is seen. Then it's seen in his speech. Look at, look at verse number 34. Verse number 34. The Bible says again, and he began to teach them many things. When I think about his speech, the compassion has many starts. Jesus began... I mean, they've been busy. They've been out preaching. They've been out teaching. They've been helping people. And now this crowd shows up. It's another crowd. It's another multitude. More people want help. It just seems like, just Lord, just send them away. I mean, you gotta have, You even said we got to have some rest. There's got to be a break somewhere. I'll tell you what, compassion begins with a lot of starts. Uh, Jesus knew this crowd. Hey, no doubt even our Lord got tired and was tired uh, like the disciples. But you know what? He couldn't just send somebody away. So he began to teach them many things, many subjects. Compassion has many subjects. You know that? It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're at. Christ will still speak to you. Do you realize tonight that God has a message for every single one of us? Amen. If you're right with God, He still has a message for you. If you're not right with God, He has a message for you. If you're out in sin and mess your life up, He has a message for you. You say, what is that message? It's a message of compassion. If you'll come, He'll take you just the way you are empty and broken the songwriter said I came to him today a vessel unworthy do you know what he did he took you right back to the wheel God will never let sin go unpunished but God will always rescue the sinner if they'll come the compassion is in his speech you know sometimes People just need a kind word, don't they? The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words stirreth up anger. You know, one, I remember one time I had, a, I had a, a suit that had got ruined. It was brand new. Just bought it. And uh, I got it cleaned and it, and it got ruined. And so I took it back to the cleaners and I told them, I said, hey, I had this suit uh, dry clean. I said, I only worked two or three times and it's, as you see, they said, well, we didn't do it. I said, it had to be the material. You have to go back to the manufacturer. You know they're going to give me my money back. You know that. 
And in a split second, I thought, man, this was an expensive, I don't, I don't wear, I mean, I buy cheap stuff. Because it's going to wear out and, you know, if I, if I spill, uh, if I spill something on this tie, you know what? I don't even know where it came from, but guess what? I didn't pay much for it. I wouldn't buy a $100 tie. I mean, because I would be eating spaghetti the next day, and I'd have a $100 stains what I'd have. <laughs> but I remember that suit cost me a little bit of money. And so I just said, I just ate it. I just left and said, okay. And so went back. Sometime later, I went back and was dropping some dry cleaning off, and, and a lady uh, said, well, I said, can I get this for Monday or, or for Saturday? I said, I'm going out of town. I need to get this for Saturday. She said, I don't think we can make that. And that same lady that before, she spoke up and said, oh, that's the preacher. I said, we'll get that in there for him. She said, you preach revival at our church. And, boy, I'm telling you, when she said that, here's what I thought about. Boy, I'm glad I didn't get mad. Because I felt like it. I'm not telling you I'm spiritual. I felt like saying, hey, do you have any? But you know what? Boy, I'm glad for one time I did right. Because you never know. You never know what people's facing. You never know what people's looking at. I'm not telling you, I've always done right. There's times I felt bad about maybe I would lose my temper. Maybe I would say something that, that the Holy Spirit said, you're going to go back in there and apologize. You ever told you that? You're going to go make that right. You, you, know, you, know, you, you, you said that with an, with an ill tone. And they may not pick up on it, but I'll tell you, if God picks up on it, you're still going to get it right. Compassion. I'll tell you an area I need prayer is driving. I need a lot of compassion driving. Y'all pray for me. I fail every single test. Because people don't know how to drive. God bless their living. God bless their soul. They just don't know how to drive. I'm the only person. We're the only two people on the highway that's right with God. Ain't I ounce of pride in that is their brother. I mean, I just love, I love, I mean, this morning, I mean, somebody pulled out, I probably shouldn't even tell you this, but they pull out at 90 and they slow down to 10. I told my wife, I said, you know, they're not going to church. If they are, they're going to some liberal mess, you know. <laughs> they ain't got to be there at 10 o'clock, you know. They don't want, or they don't want to go. You know, I'm just giving her all these. She's not saying nothing. And finally, I'm like, okay, I'll shut up and ask God to forgive me. <laughs> compassion. We need compassion. I need compassion. Lord, help me to... The Bible says our speech ought to minister grace. It ought to minister grace to the hearers. And then it's seen in his service tonight. Let me give you this and I'm done. Verses 35 through 44. We won't talk about it. You know the story. It's the feeding of the 5,000. And the disciples say, send them away. But Jesus don't send them away. You know why? Because he knows they have a need. And the need is great. And it doesn't look like there's any provision. But I thought about this. Jesus showed compassion in a difficult place, the desert. With difficult people. People who would later reject him, despise him, and crucify him. He showed compassion. Difficult place, difficult people. He showed compassion with a difficult problem. There was no food for this amount of people. You see, passion, compassion tonight overcame every obstacle in this story. You know why? Because charity never faileth. I want to tell you tonight... Showing compassion is never wrong. Compassion is not compromise. Compassion is not telling somebody that the sin that they're doing is okay. Compassion is not embracing their sin. 
When people do wrong, you don't run to them and tell them it's okay. That's, you're not helping them, you're hurting them. They need to repent, and the only way they're going to repent is feel bad about what they've done. But when they repent, oh, we're to show compassion. We're to never bring it up again. That's what the devil, that's the job of the devil, is to bring up people's past. And when we bring up people's past, we're doing the devil's work. We show compassion. Peter had a good question about it. Lord, how many times am I supposed to forgive this person? Seventy times seventy a day. What's compassionate? Unlimited. I want to tell you something about God. It don't matter how many times we fail Him. I'm glad He's always there to show His mercy. He's never going to tell us what we've done is okay. He's never going to let us escape the consequences of what we've done. But He'll always take us back in and forgive us and treat us as if we had never done it before. That's compassion tonight. I need more of that. I need a truckload of that tonight, don't you? But I tell you, when I think about Jesus tonight, I would say this to us. Don't live in guilt. Don't live a defeated life. If I was to go around this room and, and ask you, you don't have to raise your hand, but if I was to say, how many of us tonight have failed God? It's 100%, isn't it? How many of us tonight have said things we wished we wouldn't have said? It's 100%. There's no reason to do it, Tally. How many of us tonight have done things that we wished if we could just go back and just redo them, we'd do them differently? That's 100% in this room tonight. But I'll tell you, the Bible says if one should mark iniquity, and there is one, who can stand? The only one keeping the record tonight is full of compassion. The Bible says his compassions fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. God can be faithful and compassionate at the same time. Tonight as we stand, I don't know about you, but I need it. I need it every day of my life. I need his mercy.